Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah, your life. And there's no accidents that you tuned in today. I'd say this is one of my favorite people on earth that's on my show today. Christy Bells is not only a speaker and an author and an innovator and an entrepreneur, she's got the biggest heart of a human being I know. She is uh, here today not only to tell her story, but to talk about her fabulous new book. Uh, Christy Bells, welcome to Boost Power Podcast. You are so kind and sweet. I love you right back. Thanks, Betsy. Well, it's not fair because we're trying to act like we're doing a fancy podcast, but we've been through so many things together (laughs) for so many years, including uh, on the road. So we're just going to try to be professional, but I might just be very personal. Um, Christy, you have a life that many people would call charmed because you're a philanthropist and it's like wherever you turn around and good is being done in not only Kansas in the old days, but in Denver, Colorado, there's Christine Ferd Bells. So, but I want you to tell a little bit for the listeners about your backstory because people are curious about, you know, how you grew up and what was that spark inside of you, even as a young woman growing up that you have, you know, really fanned that flame um, to be who you are today. So you don't have to start at conception. I think that's weird, but you can go, uh, you know, you don't have to start in a small hospital, but uh, tell us a little bit about growing up. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Kansas City, as you just um, mentioned. I grew up in a little suburb called Oakland Park, Kansas. Uh, I grew up in um, pretty humble beginnings. My dad was working for the park company and my mom worked at a bowling alley at night and behind the bar in the food um, stand. And I used to run up and down the alleys, you know, as a young kid and spent a lot of time in the daycare at night when my dad was bowling. And um, I had an older brother who was um, pretty severely ADHD back in the 60s. And that was not as well, um, not as people weren't as aware of that issue back then. So he got kind of labeled, not kind of, he got labeled a bad kid because he was constantly doing crazy stuff. And because of the the kind of the chaos of my family growing up, partly Mike, um, my mom working at nights, and my dad um, was pretty withdrawn. And actually, what I know now is that he had a depressive disorder um, that ultimately led to him choosing to try and take his life. So, um, and I was ten when that happened the first time, and so a lot of crazy chaos, um, things that young people, young girls don't understand. I was a very sensitive child, still am a very sensitive soul, right? I have kind of an empathic nature about me. So I tend to be aware of other people's feelings, even if they are telling the, telling me that, which probably makes me a pretty good therapist. So I grokked a lot growing up. Um, and the way that I kept myself safe was by just being a good girl, doing what I was supposed to do. My mom always tells the story of how loving I was. She told me I'd run up and grab people by the legs and just give them big hugs. And that's kind of my nature. You know, I'm a heart-centered person and um, I lead with my heart. And, you know, um, as time went on, I moved out of Kansas and moved to Colorado to be with my now husband of almost 25 years. We've been <laughs> together 26. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um I started early on in my career in sales and marketing um, right out of high school because I didn't go to college. And then at the ripe old age of, I don't know, 26 or 27, I thought I should quit a six-figure job to put myself through college to become a social worker. 
you can only imagine what people thought back then. I was crazy, but that was a hard decision and I followed it. So I ultimately went on to get both my undergrad and graduate degrees in social work, um, practiced in the social work field for about eight years, working with women with low incomes, transitioning from welfare to work. Very, very difficult, challenging, awesome work, though. Um, you know, working with women that are really struggling at the lowest levels of basic needs, getting their needs met, you know, trying to raise their kids, trying to find housing, living in all sorts of different disadvantaged situations, really, um, you know, it's heart-wrenching at time. And I, I say in my book that there wasn't a day that I um, served there that I didn't come home having received more than I'd been given in those days. So right. well, I, I want to stop. I'm going to stop you there please. though for a minute, because what I find so curious is here you were, and you can tell the rote story of being in Kansas City and having your father have mental difficulties and your brother really, really struggle. But that's a lot right there. So so go back just a little bit and tell me, how did little loving Christy, you know, hugging people's legs, heart-centered, empathetic, not before we even knew what empathy and uh, empathic was and all the things we know about you. How did you protect your little soul when such chaos was going around you? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. I I was a good girl, you know. I just flew under the radar. I knew it was better to, you know, maybe stay in my room versus going out and engaging. Or um, if my mom asked me to do something, I did it, right? Because I knew that if I didn't, there were consequences there. Um, I was constantly trying to take care of my dad and make sure he was happy. So, you know doing the things that little girls do with daddies, you know, hugging him or getting him a cup of coffee or whatever that was. Um, you know, yeah. Were you okay, but here's me telling about me. Were you really a good girl or were you like me? I was a really good girl on paper, but I was drinking gin out of baby food jars at the Girl Scout camp. <laughs> and throwing up, by the way. We all threw up, but we thought we were really cool. That is hilarious. I had not heard that story. Yeah. <laughs> Coming clean on the podcast. Well, you know, like for my parents, like their same generation as your parents, we would sit at TV trays and they would be drinking their scotch or their martinis and we would have to report in and we would say, got good grades today. Everything's good. Didn't get in any trouble. And then they would say, check, we parented and they would keep drinking and we would leave and go do whatever we did. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> that was that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course I, you know, I was not an angel, um, at, by any stretch of the imaginations, you know, I, I had impulses and I did things that, you know, I probably shouldn't have done. Um, I didn't really totally kind of go off the rocker till a little later in my probably late middle school into high school is when I started to really just do, you know, crazy stuff, party and chase, chase boys and cowboy boots and tight fitting jeans. And, there you go. There's yeah. some Kansas girl yeah. in there right Smoke there. Some more lights, drinking some Budweiser. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Always yeah. good. As a parent, now we're parents like horrified, you know, my daughter's finally going to be to 21 and Charlie's finally grown up. And <laughs> I just think about, you didn't get the Girl Scout troop I was in. That was a good thing. <laughs>
Well, I'm glad you protected your little soul and were able to come Thanks. to Denver and marry the amazing Ferd Bells. So here you are. You were making six figures, which is what the world says is success, but you decided there was a different success and that was making a difference, not only making money. So you went back to school, you got your social work degree, you started helping all these women. And then how did that giving back, you know, like stabilize all the drama and trauma, you know, from growing up in such, um, you know, um, challenging, I would call, you know, heart challenging circumstance. How was the social worker in you serving you? Yeah, uh, another great, good question. And something that I really had to ponder again when I was writing the book. And what I realized is that I I innately knew to serve from the place of my wounds. So, you know, as a social worker and working with that population, you know, I had to address every single issue that I ever faced as a child. You know, whether it was the mental illness, whether it was the abusive behavior, whether it was the impulsivity and craziness of my brother, whether it was legal dynamics that were going on in the house. Um, you know, there wasn't anything as a social worker that I, I didn't, that I faced that I didn't have at least some inkling of experience. And I think that's what made me really good at being the social worker was I not only had the compa- the compassion, and but I had the real empathy because I had experienced so much on my own. So uh, amen. You know, they say God never gives you more than you can handle. And I have a little thing my teacher gave me that says, I get that, but why me, <laughs> right? Exactly. Why can I handle so much? <laughs> Couldn't you have made me much wimpier and skipped some of this stuff? Yeah, that would have been really nice. But I do love that it feels like um, I have been through a divorce and I have been through you know, limb replacement, hip replacement and replacement of the replacement. And I totally get learning to walk again. I totally get being alone and saying to God, if I'm alone, that's who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And um because that one marriage surely didn't work. I digress. Okay, so now you're saving the world with yourself. You are in Denver as a social worker. You're uh, making a difference in everything you touch. And everyone's on the edge of their seat and saying, don't you dare go to break right now, Betsy. We want to hear more. And we're going to go to a quick break. I promise it's really quick. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast with the amazing Christy Bells. We'll be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. See, I did a quick break, but I always got to do that. Okay, so Christy, so you've done this transition to a new city, to your social working uh, world. And then how did that take you into today where you are an established author and speaker and you've got the new book out, the audio books out, um, the retreats are running. So many people are saved by your amazing uh, work in Uproot. So how did the social work, Christy, turn into the author uh, superstar Christy. No, you are really, really so kind. I'm very well. Flattered. I'm not only kind, I'm trained by you. I took your classes. I'm well, the one that true. totally understands every single piece of this. So I'm like, I was I I was lost and then the I was crowd found. goes wild, as Betsy would say. The crowd goes wild for Christy Bell. She found me in the uproot when I finally realized that's why I am that. Oh, okay. This is it. Okay. So uh transitioning out of social work, I um thought that I would 
be a stay-at-home mom. I had burned myself out, obviously, burning the ends. I had a, a young son while I was doing that social work career. And I decided I, I needed to come home, that I couldn't be the mother I wanted to be and um, continue to run that agency at the level of stress I was carrying. And so I chose to come home. And I like to say the universe or God or whatever you, you think is your higher source had a different plan for my life. And so my coaching practice emerged. People were coming to work with me. I'm an avid learner. I read every day. There's, I just grow. I love to learn. So it's my my superpower. And I always say I learned exactly what I need to know right before somebody comes and needs me to tell them or show them what that is. So um, my practice really grew out of my own experience and my continued learning and my growth. And that morphed into or morphed into then a consulting practice working with leaders all around the world, um, doing leadership development, coaching and consulting. Um, And then that morphed into me writing my own curriculum called Uproot, it's a 15-week course that's online, um, and it's just so powerful to have my own curriculum out there in the world. And and then that morphed into a book. So yeah, it's been like one step after another, after another, after another, and they all build upon one another, right? Because it's all me. It's all my life. It's all, you know, my creation, What it what's coming through me. Well, before we jump into the book, God of Second Chances... Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Uproot because you just mentioned it. And I think lots of people listen to podcasts because they'd like to learn something interesting. So can you just take, you know, the high level version, because we'll do an entire series and maybe we will on Uproot and all the principles, but can you just kind of give the basis to the concept of what Uproot is about? Yeah. So Uproot is based on the analogy of a tree, right? So what we're looking at is a root system and root system can be considered what is below the surface? What are the either unconscious, not really aware, or what is actually um, reactive in our tendencies based on something that we have learned along the way? So what we do on Uproot is look at what's below the surface, what's in those root causes down there, right? And how do we bring those issues up into the awareness and process those in a way which can be really helpful for individuals. And I teach lots of tools and tips and techniques to get us more in the creative competency of who we are destined to be. Like what is our most authentic self and how are we designed to be here? I like to say, you know, God don't make no junk. You know, that seed that is you is whole, perfect, complete. And if you let it go, right, in this natural progression, it's going to go to the most awesome, amazing you that it can be. But we get buried, you know, we get buried in our lives and we get down in the root systems and we get in the weeds and we, a lot of times we forget, we forget who we are. I'll take one example for the listeners. Let's just pretend this is my friend. My friend maybe was an overpleaser and an overdoer. Oh. Hmm, my friend. And um, so that caused her to overspend herself trying this incredible thing to please everyone and forget about herself. This might be other people listening today. So giving them the just 101 uproot conversation about people that find themselves, a friend of mine who finds himself people pleasing and overdoing uh, and forgetting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of place of external lotus of control. That's a psychological word. But basically what that means is that we keep looking for ourselves, that sense of ourselves, that whole perfect, complete part of us outside of ourselves. So we overdo, we over identify with what we do. We, we overthink, we overanalyze, we over 
right? It's, and we get stuck in the doing instead of the actual being of who we are, right? Again, instead of being in the flow of just the beingness, we get in this idea of we have to do, we have to make it happen. If I don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. And when we have that belief system that what manifests in our life is that place of overdoing and forgetting who we are, forgetting ourselves. Well, I'm just telling all the listeners, okay, that was me. I know it's a surprise to you, but that Christy really helped me look at that and get out of overdoing and get to being. I actually made a big piece of artwork to remind me called Be Here Now. Be here now, right? Be here now, which is a good way to just get here in the present and take one step at a time. Well, uh, then the other rich and gooey part of Christy leading up to because this is all in the book, uh, is your leadership in the TEDx talks. And those are, for those of you probably know about TEDx, but Christy, tell them a little bit about first, in case they don't, what the TEDx philosophy is, and then the work that you've done here in Colorado. Yeah, beautiful. So TED is really about ideas worth spreading. So it's just an idea that can be picked up and it's worth spreading in the world. Very simple. Very, very simple. Um, as an independent contract or licensee with the TEDx world, um, I work in collaboration with um, my co-curator and our producer. And we focus, my joy has been in working with the women's event. So TEDx Women, we have TEDx Cherry Creek Women. For the last six years, I've helped um, grow that business, rebrand it, and to really empower women to get to that stage to share their ideas. And to do that in a way that is incredibly powerful. So, um, yeah, it's it's been really rich, rewarding work. And well, I want to add to that. You're the coach of the TEDx speaker. So I was lucky enough to be coached by you and Daphna and Michael. And Christy not only helps curate and figure out what are the messages that women need, what are these ideas we're spreading, but how do I help this performer, this speaker, sometimes not ever on a stage before, how do I help them step into their true self and their best self on stage? And uh, I remember the day I said, I'm not even going to do this. Forget it. I'm not doing it. I'm going to quit. That was a fun day. Uh, Just because (laughs) (laughs) you were challenging me to be my best self. Uh, So so you've curated all these great topics. So now how does all of this fabulous Christiness show up and tell them all about the new book? Yeah. So the book is called, Oh God of Second Chances, Here I Am Again. And I can tell you that that is my motto. I am um, an avid journal, journaler. I journal in the morning, almost every morning. And inevitably I show up on the page and it says towards the end of it, like, oh God, here I am again, right? I see something, I see a pattern, I see something. And I am always just so grateful that I get to choose again that day. Right, I get to choose again how I'm going to see this. I get to choose again what do I need to to learn and grow and develop in this lesson. What do I, you know, what is that? So the book is really a combination. It also it also started with my mom passing away in 2000. Um, she she had a pretty intense day in the ICU, and what I know now is that she died probably of COVID. Um, but I was with her those last ten days and. You know, when you're sitting alone with your mother in an ICU for that amount of time, it gives you a deep reflection. And then what happened after she passed was I I cleaned out her house and her garage. And she was the matriarch. So she had my dad's stuff still. She had my brother's stuff that passed away. 
She had my grandmother stuff in her. So it was a really cathartic, crazy experience of unfolding all of that physically and mentally and emotionally. And it brought back a lot of, you know, the memories. And so I started to think I need to document this. I need to document it, not from a place of wanting necessarily to tell my story and put it, you know, put it all out there, but from a place of truth that, you know, we all have our shit and it's there and we can pretend like we don't. But if one person has the courage and the book starts with courage, if one person has the courage to be able to tell a story of their lives that isn't always painted beautifully and pretty, right, that we can empower other women to step forward to recognize themselves. In my story, there's 11 women from the TED stage in my book. So if you don't recognize yourself in my story, you're going to recognize yourself in Betsy's story or in one of the other speakers um, that are featured in my book. Well, I'm so honored to be chapter seven, choose your family, change your life. And uh, I was really honored to read it in the very beginning. And I remember calling you and saying, thank you for writing that book just for me. (laughs) And what's so fun is I'm in a book club with it and, um, I'm with others that are fans of Christy and have been enjoying the book and everyone finds their message that was just for them through mm-hmm. your story, the story of your Ted people, um, through your really raw quips and, and really gut felt sharing. So thank you for the entire world. I'd like to say thank you, Christy Bells. I'm Aww. glad it's now an audio edition. So tell everyone how they can get your book. So the book's available on Amazon now and Barnes and Noble. So just going to those two sites and putting in, oh God, of second chances. The audio was just recorded, so it's not out. And I just heard from the publisher that the files for the Kindle and softcover are going um, in this week. So I'll have more information. Maybe we can keep them posted um, in the notes here. Or if they want to follow me on Facebook, Christy Bells, um, or on my website at www.christybells.com. And that's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, Bells, B-E-L-Z.com. There you go. Well, by the time this airs, because it'll be a little bit later in the year, everything will be out. Oh, and we will definitely connect everybody to christybells.com so they can just navigate not only this. And then just, I want to plug a little bit because I have participated with you and they are definitely life affirming. Um, you have the under, you have your online courses and you have occasionally some retreats. So we just right. talk a little bit about how this curriculum comes to life with both the coursework and retreats. So um, my strategy is to take the women through a 15-week course and at the end of that 15-week then to seed a retreat for those that are able to attend. It's usually a two, three-day retreat and um, we go away. Um, And that's really for the integration because there's so much content in the course itself that really to come together after the course is done and to go a little bit deeper with me. Well, actually a lot deeper, as you know. (laughs) Um, um, But it's really the integration of the course in a physical form and in the the connection with other women in person. Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, Both being in the online course and also attending your retreats, it's really fun to interact with the other participants Mm -hmm. and get their point of view and their stories and everything lines up. Well, we could do, like I said, an entire podcast empire just on your content we could dive into all those things Mm -hmm. everybody would love that but uh for today i think this has been a great overview again thank you for being the blessing that you are as a friend and cohort but also for this 
work that you triumphantly put in the world with all your heart and all your might, Christy Bells. We, um, we've loved having you on Boost Power Podcast. Thank you for having me. So you've been listening. See, 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 I told you, told you why you listen today to plug in to great ideas and heartfelt just insights for how to live your best life because that's what we're all about here at Boost Power Podcast. Please share us with everybody you know that wants to be uplifted and inspired. Subscribe to our podcast. We will be here to serve you. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWearsma.com.